Welcome to the One New Man Network from Kirtlandry Ministries at House of David, where we learn about the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. The following is a replay of a previous service. God bless you. Give the worship team a hand clap. God bless you. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. We want to welcome all of those of you joining us online. If you would join us at uh, kurtlandry.com and you can get a full resources of everything that the ministry has to offer, particularly PowerPoints. And uh, that's a five-day-a-week devotional that is very applicable. It's life-changing. We have thousands of people that are partners with us. It's a free gift from the Kurt Landry Ministry Partners to you to help you with your walk with the Lord because it's in consistency lies the victory. Amen? Tonight's message is quite simple. Why can't I trust in the Lord? I think if we were, excuse me, I think if we were all honest, we would all say that we've had to ask ourselves that question. There'll be a, always have a test that will come or a trial and it will test our faith. I think the reason the Lord has given this message to me for tonight is this is our preparation for Passover. God is getting ready to really send some tremendous blessings and breakthroughs on March the 30th at Passover. And I think we need to be prepared. Amen. Lord, we just come to you tonight in the name of Yeshua. And we ask that you reveal to us and remove from us all distrust of the Lord, all fear, doubt, unbelief, and anxieties and stresses that, Lord, they would be far removed from us, that we would be able to walk in faith. Your word says, Lord, it's impossible to please God without faith. Lord, let our faith arise and let our enemies be scattered in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to start this message. This is going to be a teaching message. And we're going to start this message in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and always acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Well, the key there is to trust the Lord with all your heart. And, I, and I'm going to hit this theme through the whole, the whole time is that doubt and unbelief is sin. Doubt and unbelief is sin. And unconfessed and undealt with doubt and unbelief, what it does is uh, if you could look at, just as an illustration, if you could look at your, at my torso as like the area of your heart and there would be shelves in here. And since we're in Oklahoma, there'd be court jars, courting jars, like you would have like green beans in or beets. Okay. And, and what happens is when the, when the pantry of your heart is full, there's no room for anything else to be put on the shelf. But what happens is when doubt and unbelief comes, it takes a place on the shelf of your heart where love is supposed to, and faith is to rest. And you're not loving the Lord with all your heart. And it says, and lean not on your own understanding. So that means what happens is we try to reason 
or use our carnal mind to make excuses for why we don't want to take that that bitter root out of our heart or remove that that court jar that is actually defiling the whole pantry will will come up with reasons why well you know you I can't forgive that because this is what happened to me but in verse 6 it says in all ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths this is really quite simple it's this if you cannot confess your faith in every action that you're doing, then it's not the path for you to be on as a believer. Are you hearing me? If you cannot confess your faith, if you cannot confess your faith, then why are you there? You're you're not hearing me. You cannot get on the phone and order pornography and, and while you're ordering it, the person that's taking the order is saying, by, by, um, by the way, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? So you can't bring Jesus into that path because you've lost your witness because of where you're walking, not where he's walking. So wherever you go, And you cannot openly be a Christian. You have to ask yourself, what are you doing there? You know, in uh, Orthodox Hebrew culture, the men wear tzitzis. And the reason that they wear the tzitzis, one of the reasons is to remember that the Lord, these strings hang here, these are the names of God, they hang on either side of where the seed comes from. So to remind them that the seed is only to reproduce after the names of God and not after their will. Now I understand it's, well, I understand the biblical application of it. I'm not trying to say you're to wear tzitzis, but, but isn't it interesting that when you wear your tallit that it hangs right here? And you have to take your tallit off to go to the restroom. Because the Lord wants to order your steps, but your steps need to be ordered by God. Acknowledge him. Lord, would you have me go in here? Would you have me make a covenant with this group? Would you have me walk this way? Second Samuel 7.28 And now, O Lord God, you are God. I want to stop right there because a lot of people know God, but they don't know him as the Lord. The Lord means he's in charge. The Lord needs means when you know him as Lord, that means you may know him as Savior, you may know him as God, but do you know him as Lord, God, and Savior? That's, that's a real different relationship. That means that you have died to your self-will, adopted his will for your life, and you do it out of reverential fear because he is God. It says... You are God and your words are true and your promise and your and you promise this goodness to your servant. So I want to say this is God's word is absolute truth. 
And we are in a culture right now where that is being challenged at a very high level. Is there such a thing as absolute truth? Yes, there is. Whether you believe or not believe in God, whether you're saved or not saved, the principles that God says of cause and effect in the Bible will affect your life on earth and after earth, whether you go to heaven or hell. But you, if you live contrary to the instruction of God, you will suffer and it makes no difference how much money or, or how, how much uh, luxuries that you have, your body will pay the price because the wages of sin is death. And there's no escaping it. You can be agnostic, atheist, it doesn't matter. But God says that his word is true and it, and it says it's promised this goodness. God's word, when you follow God's word, you should be on a quest, a journey, a mission to learn God's word and follow it because it brings goodness into your life. It is the best way to live. There's no question. I, you know, it's not this, well, I had to give up so much to follow the Lord. No, everything you gave up was killing you. I mean, come on, grow up. Proverbs 28 and 26. He who trusts in the Lord, I mean, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool. You all know that's true. Well, my gut tells me. I'm having a gut reaction. Well, that's your soul. Your mind, will, and emotion, if it is under the influence of a carnal mind that is not consulting God through the Holy Spirit and His Word, is subject to fail and it will make you a fool. But you have to, you have to understand that and you need to walk in, in fear that you can miss it and Hopefully you're all mature enough and old enough that your gut has led you down enough bad trails that you should quit trusting your gut reaction. You need to trade in that gut reaction for the Holy Spirit. It says, but whoever walks wisely will be delivered. Who is that? Those that walk in the Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is always right. He's never wrong. Proverbs 11:28 He who trusts in his riches will fall but the righteous will flourish like foliage so the just must live by faith not by money and we are justified in the courts of heaven by our righteousness in the blood of Yeshua and God always will rule in the favor of the one who is sanctified, not the one who is not sanctified. So when you go into the courts of heaven, when you pray, you make proclamations, decree, supple, supple, uh, supplications, supplication, any, any of those ways of communicating into the courts of heaven, if you're going to receive yes and amen, it will be because of his righteousness, not the clever way that you say it. You can put all the charismatic inflection that you want and, and fire and everything else, 
But if you are not walking sanctified, your prayer is not going to be answered. The prayer only makes it into heaven and back to earth when it is righteous. And it's only righteous when it's spoken through a sanctified vessel in the blood of Jesus. And that's why when you say, Our Father who art in the courts of heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth and in this earthen vessel as it is in heaven. And by the way, give us this day our daily bread. I'm not coming in here because I have a need because your covenant has met all my needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. I would not offend you, God, by coming in here and saying your son's sacrifice was not enough for me, so I'm not even asking for my need, but I ask you to forgive me this day my trespasses as I forgive those who have trespassed against me. So I'm sanctifying my petition before it even goes into the court. And if you don't sanctify it, you might as well not have said it because it's going nowhere. It can't enter into heaven. It's unclean. It has mixture on it. And God is not into mixture. He is kadosh, kadosh, kadosh Adonai. He is holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And that's why Isaiah said I, to send me a coal from the altar for my lips are unclean and I'm a people of unclean lips. What he was, what he was saying was uh, what we say is not qualified to go into heaven because it needs to be touched by the fire. Well, we, we need the, the blood of Jesus that is brought to us by the fire of the Holy Spirit. Behold, Jeremiah 7, 8. Behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. When you align yourself with lies, you immediately start to fail. Why? Because lies erode trust. I'll be real clear how it works. Someone comes to you and talks to you about, I'm going to use an example, about a minister. Well, did you know this? And it may be true. But we are to cover our brother's nakedness. We're not to speak about it. But did you know this? And they said, no, I didn't. Well, did you know this? And now there's a conversation. And what happens is that defilement of that multiplied from one to the other. And now you're speaking it out. And what happens is, is that your inner man in your soul realizes as a Christian, you really shouldn't be touching the Lord's anointed. So what happens is, it's not that you distrust God, you distrust yourself. There are certain sins like sexual sin, you are defiling yourself. And when you defile yourself, gossip, you are defiling yourself. Because what you're doing is you're sowing snares into your own life. Are you hearing me? And what happens is then there's distrust. And you know why? It's because it's kind of like when the blood cried out to Cain. Where's your brother? Well, immediately with Adam and Eve, 
What are you doing? All those types of things, when that's being spoken out with Peter at Topka by the sea. Children, have you caught any fish yet? It's all of a sudden, even if it's not thought of, that defilement becomes magnified and you want to run from God instead of run to him. So it says, behold, you trust in lying words and you cannot profit. You need to align yourself with truth and know that the truth is a long-term lifestyle for victory. Don't be afraid of truth. Don't be afraid of good friends and loving brothers and sisters that know how to speak truth into your life because they are the ones that love you enough so that you can have long-term victory because the truth will set you free just like a lie will put you in prison. Proverbs eleven thirteen. A talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is faithful, a faithful spirit, conceals a matter. We need to be careful that we don't become gossips and talebearers. We need to know that everything we sow, we're going to reap. And every time you get into a conversation like that, there needs to be a still small voice that says, can I afford to have this conversation? What's going to really come from it? In Romans 15.3, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read that again. Now may the God of hope. You need to look at your neighbor and say, I need hope. Hope fills your fills you with joy. Hope gives you peace. Hope gives you a foundation to believe. And hope is fueled by the Holy Spirit. Hope flows through a pure relationship with the Holy Spirit. If you need more hope, then you need more holiness and more purity with the Holy Spirit, and it brings more hope. Have you watched people in ridiculous situations that are filled with the Holy Spirit and they've got that crazy praise? Everything's going to be all right. And they really mean it and you can see it on their face. And you're, you're looking at them in a carnal way and you're going, in the natural, it's not going to be okay. But in the eternal, it's going to be okay. That's the Holy Spirit. If you watch people pass from this world to the next with the Holy Spirit, it is a totally different experience than one that is not filled with the Holy Spirit. One's terrifying, one is a joyful reunion. Hope determines the size of your dreams. 
God says in Joel, he says he wants the old men to dream dreams, but he wants young people to have dreams. But when your hope is in God and not yourself, when your hope is in your time, task, and activities, and your talents and abilities and who you know, then your, then your uh, hope is held under the tent of carnality. But when your hope is in the Lord and in the Holy Spirit, then it breaks outside the box and your dreams will get larger. Literally, your, your dreams become spiritual. If you want more vision and more purpose, then you need to, to uh, ask the Lord for a, a more pure infilling of the Holy Spirit. Spiritual hope is the home of witty inventions. If you have a problem in your life and you need an answer from God, you need to go to a quiet place. And when you get to that quiet place, you need to pray in the Spirit. And pray in the Holy Spirit until you start to get a breakthrough. At first, it may be very manual and very carnal. And usually, if you're in trouble or you're pushed up against the law, the last thing you want to do is go into a quiet place and pray in the Spirit. But I'm telling you, if you'll discipline yourself, it may take five to ten minutes praying in the Spirit. But eventually, what happens is you've got yourself in such a dry place and you don't know it. You have, you have used all your physical energy to try to solve these situations. And, and what happens is it's like, you know, a lot of times the, it's like for us going to the airport. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's the, the worst thing that happens. We are usually running late and then I get in the car and there's no gas. And I say to myself, why didn't we go and fill the car up or think about it? Because we were busy getting ready for whatever the assignment was and the packing and, and all the things that go on to leave. And we didn't think of it. But the next thing you know, you're sitting there at the gas station and you're holding on to the handle and you're just praying because every minute counts because you know that the airlines isn't waiting on you because you didn't get gas the night before. Well, that's kind of how it is with the Holy Spirit. You get yourself put up against the wall. You've got a problem. There's a timetable. Everything is crunching down on you and you want to do something. And the last thing you want to do is go to the spiritual gas station in the prayer closet and pray in tongues, which appears to be a waste of time because usually when you're in that kind of condition, praying in tongues, there's absolutely no feeling. You're just doing it out of obedience and faith to his word. But what happens as, as you pray in the spirit and it starts to arise, that river will get to a place and it will take over. It will and when it does, then what happens is you are filled with joy, filled with peace, and you start believing, and then the Holy Spirit can abound in you to give you the answer to your problem. And I can tell you that answer, if it takes 15 minutes praying in the Spirit, is worth it, because obviously <coughs> for the last weeks or months, your ideas didn't work. So you might as well go ahead and hope with the ghost. 
Hope is the key to a happy life. If you'll keep your hope level up, you keep the level of the Holy Spirit in your life up, you will automatically trust God. You cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with hope and distrust God. It doesn't work that way. When the hope is deferred and the heart grows sick, then the trust goes out the window. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up and causes trouble, and by this many become defiled. Bitterness kills hope. Bitterness kills hope. I'm, I'm going to speak to all you rescuers out there. And there's plenty of them in House of David. Because God sends us very, they're an interesting bunch. For the most part, you're type A, but you're also wanting to fix and rescue everyone. And it can really get you into trouble because if you're not called to fix somebody and God wants you to be able to let the situation hit the wall so they'll cry out to him instead of you. Hello. The problem is, is that root of bitterness that that individual is involved in, even though it doesn't involve, involve you and it's not directed at you, it will jump you and defile you because you were not called. You didn't seek the Lord. You're just in a religious Christian habit of if somebody needs help, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the one to fix them. You need to grow up and understand that your time is not your own. You need to even tell some of these family members, yeah, I'm going to pray for you, but I'm not bailing you out this time. Some of you wonder why you have delayed finances. It's because you sow seeds by enabling those God's trying to break. Hello? Are you ready to get out of the ditch or not? Because what happens is, if he's trusting you with X amount of dollars that you're able to give in a year and you're always using it rescuing people he's trying to get to his knees, then he's going to cut you off. And I've watched it happen. Because we have to get past emotional giving and rescuing. The other thing that happens when we rescue people who are in trouble that we're not anointed or called to do then their bitterness jumps us and that bitterness starts to defile our hope and the next thing you know, we're having trouble trusting God in our own personal battle. Matthew 6 and 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. One of the main reasons we can't trust the Lord is unconfessed sin. Even unconfessed sin of things that you've never told anybody about. You are so fearful and embarrassed of it, you've never 
even spoken it out to the Lord, which you should do privately, and say, Lord, I just got to get real with you. This situation was awful. I'm confessing it to you, and I ask you to remove it from me and take it, expunge it from my record. Because see, what happens is that unconfessed sin is fine when everything's going you know, fair to Midland, but when you start getting pressed up against the wall, you have, there's that, that little voice of that unconfessed sin saying, he knows about that and you're not going to get your answer. And guess what? That voice is right. Because the word says what you fear came upon you. Silence the voice with confession and plead the blood over it. Apply the blood of Jesus and silence the voice silence the accusation, expunge the sin, and walk in trust. Would you say amen? Amen. I know this is a simple message, but quite simply, very few of you walk in it. Repentance releases forgiveness. Forgiveness releases hope. And hope releases the fruit of trust. So I want you to to write those steps down. Forgiveness, repentance, releases forgiveness. And forgiveness releases hope. And hope releases trust. So when you can't trust the Lord, you need to repent from whatever it is that's causing that fear, doubt, and unbelief. Or maybe it's pride. Whatever it is... It doesn't make any difference. The Lord's heard it all. You need to get it out into the light and you need to speak it to him. You know, the, the, the sin might be that you have not spent enough time with the Lord, enough dedication to have enough Holy Spirit to climb the mountain that God's called you to climb at this hour. And you know it. You're trying to go off with all the habits and patterns you had in 2015 and 16 with the Holy Spirit to conquer the mountain in 2018 and you don't have enough discipline to stop doing some things that are taking time that are absolutely not filling you with the Holy Spirit and trade in that block of time for Holy Spirit and devotional time to be able to have enough of the Holy Spirit to be able to answer this call in this season. The principle is quite natural. That's what Elijah said to Elijah, Elisha, if you're here when I leave, then you'll get the mantle. So what he's saying is if you're focused and devoted, you'll get the mantle. If you're not, it will fall and be lost forever. So in Romans 6 and 23 It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want you to write this down. Sin kills, and then write this down. The first thing sin kills is hope. Because it's hard to hope when you know that you're out of covenant with God. I mean, you can fake the hope and you can put on the happy dance. 
But deep down inside, you know God knows. Sin kills trust. It usually starts where you can't trust men and women, then you can't trust yourself, and then you can't trust God. Sin kills love. Sin kills faith. Sin kills joy. Sin kills praise. Sin kills worship. Sin kills your peace. And sin kills self-control. Because once sin is conceived, if it's not confronted, it will manifest. Have you noticed that just all this bad behavior is happening in Washington and Hollywood and other places, but it's really happening amongst men and women that are around my age group. 50, 60, 70-year-old people being accused of immoral behavior. It's like, why? Because they were immoral behavior in their teens. They didn't just all of a sudden in their 20s. In their, and what's happened is it just, it was never dealt with. And so now it's blossoming and you become, I'd like to mention some names, but some of these people in Hollywood that when you are consumed, see ultimate, ultimate, power corrupts. So when you're in these powerful positions as like a movie producer and you're responsible for all these beautiful people and you've had 30 or 40 years of unchecked sin and behavior, then you actually think you can get away because one of the fruits of sin is sin makes you stupid. They actually think that they can get away with it. But we're in a season of judgment where God is bringing all this to light. But this, this has always gone on in that industry and other industries. But it's always gone on with man. But the point is when you get born again and saved, you are to get free by applying the blood of Jesus, not just to get your name in the book and to, to get into heaven, but to clean up your life here and now. Because the wages of sin is death. And the reason that you can, God says, listen, I'm going to give you $10 million and I'm going to have you do this for in the ministry. <laughs> and the reason you won't sow to that level is because you can't trust God. And, and the reason you can't trust God is because there's unreconciled sin in your life. And now it's time to go 
the ark is getting ready to sail and you have to trust the Lord that you can have that inner court experience. You know, there's three types of Christians. There's the outer court Christian. All they want is to make sure that they get their ticket punched. I don't care where I am in heaven. I'll be just inside the gate. But as long as I don't go to hell, that's my lifestyle. Then there's outer court Christians. Well, I'd like a little bit more, but I'm not going to fully commit Because I know if I become an inner court Christian, that if I'm not truly sanctified, I'm going to die. The reason there's not very many Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's is because there's not enough Christians with enough courage to confess their sin to God and say, God, I need you to forgive me. this situation where you speak it out to him. That's how I got saved. I had a screen that came up in front of me and it all came there and I said, I didn't mean to hurt you. He took me through, I got saved and went through immediate deliverance. Not that I didn't need more deliverance, but I'm just saying the first experience was I realized how my choices and behavior hurt the heart of God. So the question tonight is, why can't I trust God? Why can't I trust in the Lord? Quite simply, when you go into the court, knowingly and unknowingly, you've got hidden sin. And that hidden sin, even if you don't know it, it is causing distrust. You can't go into the holies of holies without having total shalom, peace. Tonight is time for those who want to trust in the Lord to say, Lord, I'm bringing all of this to the altar tonight. I'm not asking you to confess your faults one to another or to man. I'm asking you tonight, this is an opportunity before Passover. Some of you need to come up here and get on your face and say, Lord, what is it in me? What's in my bloodline? What is it that I have forgotten? What is it that I know that you want me to repent of so that I can repent to release forgiveness and forgiveness to release hope and hope to birth trust so that this pendulum swinging walk with the Lord that I have, that every time, every attack is a crisis. You know why every attack is a crisis? Because you can't trust the Lord to drive through a storm. Storms come, offenses come, troubles will come. But the Lord says, don't worry about the trouble. He says, let not your heart be troubled. That is a statement 
of trust. Let not, let not, let not. If you have, if you know that everything that you've done, every wicked, ridiculous thing that all of us have done has been confessed to God and God speaks to you tonight and say, I've heard it, I forgive it, and I expunge it. Then the enemy cannot use it against you. then you can trust I've had many tests of this in my life when I have been viciously attacked and I've had to stand there with the Lord saying I have repented of everything you've ever asked everything I could think of and if there's anything else reveal it to me but I do say this to you Lord If you don't want me to go through this next door or go to this next level, I'm fine with it because it's like Moses. Unless your presence goes with me, I'm not going anywhere. I'll stay right here. I'm perfectly content. But if you want me to go, then it's only by the blood of Jesus that I can go in. But it's not because I'm not trusting God. I trust God on the timing of when he's going to take me through that that place. And I can honestly tell you, I trust him. And I trust him because the accusations against me, and I am not perfect and I still sin just like you do. But I can tell you this, I live this. I am quick to repent. Because repentance brings forgiveness to me, to the person I'm having the thought about or speaking to or have defiled by my bad action. It brings hope because praise God for the blood. Praise God that we're not in the Old Testament where their sins lasted until Yom Kippur. Praise God that we can dissolve that sin now and praise God that I can trust in you and your covenant because it's your desire to fulfill your covenant in and through me more than I want it so Lord if you would just stand if you just say these words with me that David said Lord Search me and know me. For I desire truth in my inward parts. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Soul, you will reconcile with my Lord my God and my Savior. Tonight, tonight is the night. I will be able to say, I can trust in the Lord because there's no accusation against me or in my bloodline. Tonight is my night. When I stand and with all stand 
in the presence of the Lord. In Yeshua's name. These altars are open as we go into worship. Just come down. We've got a few minutes here. Let the Lord heal you. Let the Lord deliver you. Let the Lord reveal what's been holding you back. Get free tonight. For those of you online, I want you to do the same thing. Those of you on the broadcast, I want you to do the same thing. Wherever you're watching right now, just you may be in a hotel room. You may, you may be at your house. Whatever you're doing, just go ahead and just take your phone, whatever the device you're watching, laptop. If you're watching on your television at home, go ahead. Just lay down on the floor and ask the Lord to reveal where is it? What is it? And then you speak to God and say, Lord, I take responsibility for this. I ask you to forgive me. And he'll lift the accusation, lift that weight off you in Yeshua's name. like you to do I want you to imagine that that torso your pantry and all the jars that the Lord has given you that you've been healed of are filled with pure gold it's the gold of Ophir But those jars of areas that you just haven't been able to forgive, maybe somebody that raped you or somebody, somebody stole something from you, somebody abused you, whatever it is, and it just keeps coming back. I want you to spiritually right now, what I want you to do is just in, in the spirit, I want you to grab that black jar and I want you to take it off the shelf. And I want you to hand it to him. I want you to give it to him tonight. I want you to give it to him. That, that area of unforgiveness. I want you to give it to him. That, that place that that, that habitual sin that's been in the family line, I want you to give it to him. I, I want you just to hand it to him, maybe more than one, but whatever it is, I want you to hand it to him and just say, say, Lord, I ask you to forgive me, but take this from me. He's the high priest of your sanctuary. He'll send angels to come and take it off your shelf. And when he does, he will come and put in that empty spot that jar with cold. And then you'll be able to say, Lord, I trust in the Lord with all my heart that my whole pantry is full of forgiveness. And I'm so thankful to the Lord 
that there's no accusation that the accuser of the brethren can have against me because my pantry has been cleaned out and it's full. And so when they try to come back seven times worse, worse, there's no room in my pantry for them. And Lord, I won't lean on my understanding tonight because this is a spiritual surgery you're doing. And Lord, I will acknowledge you in all your ways that you will direct my path. But these two or three jars in my pantry have been robbing my family and me of my joy and my trust long enough. I give it to you tonight, Lord. Just give it to him right now. Just give it to him. It's okay. No jar is too bad. He has seen it all. He's removing it right now. He's removing those bitterness and that dark spots. He's setting you free. say this together. Thank you, Lord. In this year of new beginnings, you are saving me from myself. And I will give you all the praise. And none is worthy but you, O Lord. For you are the Lord of all. And now, O oh Lord God, you are God and your words are true. And you have promised this goodness to your servant. And I receive an anointing of goodness that will bring trust into my life I receive your goodness. Lord, I've never experienced this kind of love, forgiveness, and goodness. But I thank you for it. I thank you that tonight is my night of new beginnings. Thank you, Lord. I am free to trust believe and live in joy for the joy of the Lord is my strength as you bring your offering down please hug two or three people's necks we're going to go on I'm going to ask them to worship for a little while longer and uh, just receive this deliverance tonight how many felt something break in their life it's been a good night give the Lord a hand clap Hallelujah. Well, we're going to go off the stream now. God bless you. Uh, Let's go ahead and worship as you bring your offerings down. God bless you. We'll see you Friday night. Friday night, if you'd get yourself ready, the Lord's given me a word about how you can participate in the great transfer of wealth that will be coming this year. You're not going to want to miss it. God bless you. We'll see you then.
Thank you for listening to this message from the One New Man Network. For more information, please visit us at theonenewman.com.